clear celestial source awareness is the only gift that gives of itself continuously forever. It's a gift that has already been given to us. It's a gift that we receive every microsecond of our existence. For we have never stopped being the essence of that gift. Every second, every microsecond of our existence is a flowing, a flowering, a giving of this pristine, magnificent, immortal awareness. It's a gift that is constantly becoming larger, greater, more crystal clear, more harmonically resonant. There's a gift that we were given at the very second of the genesis of the soul. It is a gift that has been growing within us, expanding within us, flowering within us. It's a gift that has been giving back to the entire universe, to the entire journey of the soul. It is the gift that now reminds us of who we are. It is a gift that is calling us back unto itself. Such a blessing. Such an incredible treasure. Such a priceless treasure. Is this simple, pristine, immortal, ever pure, ever anew gift of clear celestial awareness. It's not somewhere, but it is everywhere. And in as being in a state of everywhereness, it is at the core of our existence in every experience that we have. It is an awareness that is never forgotten by the soul. It is a gift that is only forgotten when we look away from the gift. It is only when we think we are. It is only when we think we are the greatest gift to ourselves only when we think we are greater than the celestial consciousness. It's only when we lie to ourselves about who and what we really are that we fail to become a living example of this gift, 
a living expression of this gift. This gift is the most natural thing in life. There's nothing that is more natural than the flowing river of clear, celestial, divine awareness. There is no greater sense of existence. There is no greater awareness, nothing more magnificent. It is the largest gift by far that we could ever receive. It doesn't come in a ring-sized box or a candy-sized box of chocolates. It's bigger than a box that holds a basketball. It's bigger than the frame of a house. It's a gift of clear awareness. It's bigger than this planet that we live on. This gift of clear awareness is bigger than the solar system. This gift of awareness that is within us is bigger than this entire dimension, this entire cosmos of physical worlds and every other dimension of physical worlds as well. This gift within us is growing faster, moving faster than anything else we could possibly imagine. It's faster than a hummingbird. Faster than a missile. Faster than the movement of the planet itself. It is even faster than light. It is so fast, it cannot be measured. Nor is there ever a need to measure this gift. It's a gift that cannot be escaped. This very gift of awareness is alive and participating as awareness, even in the most ignorant states of the mind. It's a tremendous gift, a gift that we forget all too often. I'm going to read a few selected poems from the great Taoist poet, philosopher, Hu Xin lived around 400 BC. The Taoist by nature. Once the timeless perfection is seen for what it is, <laughs> and we could call it a gift, what can one want to add? Really? What can one add to perfection? Every saint will say the same thing. I cannot tell you anything new 
I cannot tell you anything more. I cannot reveal a new truth or a greater wisdom other than what you already know in your heart, deeper yet within your celestially clear awareness. What can one want to take away, says Husin, from the state of perfection? Clear awareness is a state of perfection. It is a state of incredible balance, incredible harmony, incredible bliss. The state of God consciousness is indescribable. There's no one else to describe it to within this state of consciousness. There's nothing to show, there's nothing to fully, de that can be fully defined. It is an absolutely magnificent state of awareness. It is a state of the one and the many, and the many and the one. But the many, the many, is the many of all the dimensions. And it includes millions, trillions, perhaps, of planets with billions of people on every planet, greater trillions of insects on every planet, trillions of bubbles of consciousness in the molecules of every being. Trillions, hundreds of trillions. What kind of a number is a hundred trillion molecules times seven billion people? And that's just on Earth and doesn't include the trillions of molecules of every insect on Earth, of every tree, the plant, the flower, the weed on Earth. How many molecules are there on Earth? Is it a calculable number? It is a nut. Can it be a number that can even be expressed? No, it's a number far greater than any number we could ever denote. There aren't enough zeros. There aren't enough commas. There aren't enough points in the cubing, the tripling, and the factoring of this number. And this is just one planet of perhaps millions or billions of planets. And yet, every molecule is in a state of living celestial source 
consciousness. In the creative vortex, after your soul has disappeared as a, as a separate soul, what remains is an awareness that's even clearer than awareness, even purer than the awareness of the soul. For the awareness that you arrive at is the source of your very awareness, the source of all awareness. The awareness that we arrive at at the depths of our soul is the basic awareness. It's the source awareness of all the awareness in the cosmos. You see, that awareness doesn't have to look inside of another soul. It doesn't have to search for another soul. There is but one soul. There is but one consciousness. And it is everything else. Everything else. What a concept, but it's not just a concept. You can prove to yourself That you are a consciousness. Trillions, trillions, hundreds of trillions of objects at the same time while you're in the human body. I call it the trillionaire meditation. It's a meditation that many great mystics have done throughout the ages. Rumi talks about going to the desert and experience, experiencing the God consciousness, the divine consciousness that is looking back at him through millions upon millions upon millions of eyes everywhere within the desert and every stone and every rock and every grain of sand within the desert. Verily, I say to thee, if he had understood the concept of trillions, trillions of trillions, he would have used those numbers instead. Advanced mystics will allow the awareness to be And after months, decades of allowing the awareness to be, after crossing the barrier from the microcosm into the macrocosm, they experience multidimensional awareness. Awareness in many molecules, many different bubbles of awareness at the same time. A state of consciousness in, a, in heaven that consciousness is in an uncalculable number of other states of consciousness. To be able to abide in heaven 
in that level of consciousness, we first must learn how to abide in not just seven bubbles of consciousness. We have to learn to abide in a much greater number of levels of consciousness. So many of the greatest mystics like Rumi, and Hafiz, and Guru Nanak, and so many others, practice being awake, being aware, being within, being as, nurturing, loving, and sustaining as a one consciousness in a great other number of states of consciousness, eventually reaching the point like Rumi, where he was aware of the awakening process within him with the sharing of divinity within him that was shared with millions of other eyes in the desert, also awake, also in the awakening process, always in, also in the same level of divine consciousness that he was in. Sharing the divine consciousness with millions of souls. Mystics practice this. It's a matter of letting go of everything except awareness and letting these other states of awareness become visible. Letting your awareness drift naturally, magnetically into these other states of awareness. Once you've reached the eye center, sometimes you wake up during the day and you see nothing but light. Everywhere can last for hours. Hours and hours and hours. You float through the world. Not needing to do anything at all. It's the awareness within you. Is giving the mind the direction that it needs. Automatically, psychically. Giving the mind the direction that it needs. To be perfect to be a perfect example of who the world thinks you are, to be a perfect giver of the gifts that the world needs from you. But as you go deeper and deeper and deeper within these bubbles of consciousness, sometimes you'll wake up and life will be nothing but bubbles, brilliant, radiant, harmonically resonant bubbles of exploding consciousness, uncountable numbers of bubbles of consciousness everywhere. Every object will have a transparent surface that you can see right through. And you can see trillions of bubbles of consciousness 
on the surface of every desk, of every chair, of every tree, of every flower, and trillions more within the object. If you've been doing guru bhakti, you'll see the face of your guru on the surface of every bubble. Sawan Singh, Charan Singh as well have talked about this. Deeper yet. Deeper yet, beyond the region of grace. When you get into pure states of consciousness, when you never, when you stop looking at phenomena, when you stop looking for and inner guru, when you're simply in love with the divine consciousness, when your consciousness is starting to become that consciousness, and you wake up and you see those bubbles instead of seeing the face of a guru, your consciousness will experience the consciousness within those bubbles. I was watching it once in a satsang in a Western guest house in Vayas in India, North India, not too far from Amritsar. Charan Singh was giving a satsang, beautiful, beautiful saint. Like always, I'd get there early and meditate for a half hour or more even before, the minute the hall was open, I'd skip dinner to get a chair right in front of him. When the satsang started, I remained with my eyes closed, meditating on the consciousness within. At one time, I, another satsang, he complained, Charan Singh. Isn't it shameful, he said, that some satsangis will close their eyes even when they're in front of you? Isn't that such a horrible thing, such a tragedy? And Chiron Singh turned his eyes towards me. You can feel these things within your consciousness. And talking to questioner, he said, my dear brother, some souls see the real guru inside. Some souls emerge within the true master, the true consciousness inside. Such souls are enjoying the satsang far greater than any words could explain. Something like that. It is the same with all great saints. with all great saints.
trillionaire meditation can be done by anyone once we've learned how to abide in clear awareness for hours at a time. Once we don't care, don't remember that we exist at all. Once we've lived beyond mind-body awareness, off and on for decades at a time, then we go beyond the barriers of linear thinking, of subject-object orientation. And we reach a state within which we live in multiple areas of consciousness, fields of consciousness at the same time. And learning to abide in six or seven levels of consciousness at the same time, we can then learn to abide in dozens and then in hundreds and then in thousands, and then in hundreds of thousands, then in millions, and then hundreds of millions, then billions, and then trillions. A lot of great saints will practice this type of meditation in preparation, intuitively, It's an intuitive meditation that we melt into. We melt into <clears throat> levels of wisdom, new levels of wisdom, undefined, previously undefined levels of wisdom, great wisdom, ancient wisdom automatically, naturally, as we go within. This is why so many great sages say, once you start to make progress on the path, throw away the books, burn your books. If you wish, burn them. If not, give them away. If not, put them on a shelf. Don't look at them until you start to enter the causal plane till after you, because when you're in the causal plane, you'll see and hear so much new wisdom that comes automatically. Not by thinking, not by reasoning, not by intellect, not just by experiences that you examine and think about and mull about and roll around within your intellect. No. The experience doesn't come from the outside. You simply are new levels of wisdom, new levels of understanding. When we're in the mind, we actively think, we effortlessly, we think with effort, we perceive with effort, effort that includes thinking. 
We don't need to do that once we start to go inside. In fact, going inside happens when we least expect it, when there is no effort of any kind whatsoever. happens when we least expect it. When there's no expectation of any kind, no expectation of a need to do something, no expectation of thoughts that are yet to arise, no expectation of tactile sensations that are yet to come, no expectation that you need a body or have a body, no expectations of living as an individual way beyond these expectations, way beyond expecting to see the inner guru, way beyond expecting to see the radiant form, way beyond expecting to have spiritual experiences, way beyond expecting to be loved, beyond all these expectation, expectations, we discover that the real truths are always beyond all types of expectations, always beyond all types of labels and terms, always beyond all types of thoughts and feelings. Yea, what Hussein says is true. He says that of which Hussein speaks is not an altered state. It is the natural condition, what most other people perceive as an altered state. In another poem, he says, one's source is not external to itself. It's not something that we reach. It's not something that we go to. It's not something that we discover. Enlightenment already is. When we stop trying to be ourselves, when we stop trying to be something, when we least expect it, we sometimes fall into states of enlightenment. The veils are very thin right now, my friends. Every day, I would think it seems like millions of souls, yes feels like millions of souls are waking up inside of timeless bubbles of awareness without mind-body awareness at all. They don't know what it is yet. It scares some of them, delights most of them. They don't know how to get back to it. Getting back to it 
as a matter of practicing it. Practicing in an effortless manner. Experiencing without doing. Allowing everything to naturally happen by itself. Allowing the natural awareness, the natural celestial source awareness within us. to expand from within us, to awaken us at the same time it begins to awaken the world as well. It's a simple nature of letting the love within us grow, letting the love within us connect with everything that can be loved, letting divine awareness within us, share and experience a divine awareness within everything else. So Husin says, one source is not external to oneself. It is the foundation upon which the notions of oneself is constructed. Tear down this structure of mind-body awareness. And the foundation still remains. That's so true at every level of experience within. We experience this wisdom, greater and greater levels of experience. When we give up, thoughts and fears and memories and the desire to think and the desire to be, we end up in a bubble of awareness beyond the structure of thought and experience in thought. When we get to the region of grace, feel just the grace, feel just the divine presence within us. It's so, begins to become so alluring, so lovable, so magnetic, that we begin to not want anything else. It's a level of awareness that was more pure than any other level of awareness we've ever begun, we've ever had, that we think we've ever had. It's a better way of saying it. And we have these types of realizations as we go within. Every new bubble we say to ourselves after we come out, oh my, that is such incredible level of awareness. That was incredible beyond anything else I've ever experienced. And yet, when we go beyond the self-perspective of the soul, soul dissolves. And our awareness, as our awareness, merges into source celestial awareness. There are never more any thoughts of 
any kind. Never more any thoughts of perspective. There's never any more looking at yourself or looking at yourself as awareness. It is just a state of cosmic wide source celestial awareness. Tear down the complete structure and the foundation of awareness remains, says Husin. To find the true celestial awareness that is within everyone. It is the key that unlocks the great gate of celestial understanding. When we experience, you see, what he's saying here is when we experience an awareness that it's beyond mind. It opens a great gate. He's referring here to the Sahaj portal, the gateway to the heavens, the gateway to even greater and greater and greater depths of celestial awareness. We first arrived the crown chakra, where five, six, seven, ten, twelve bubbles of awareness at the same time. Then, as we've explained, hundreds and thousands and millions and billions and trillions and uncountable trillions of bubbles of awareness at the same time. The gate of celestial understanding. He says in another poem, the power of the will alone cannot bring one to the goal. One of the greatest obstacles on the path is a desire to be on the path, the desire to succeed on the path, the desire to go within, the desire to experience something that is beyond themselves. This by itself. It's a beautiful obstacle, but an obstacle nonetheless. It's a far better obstacle than the obstacle of trying to create wealth or bring wealth or get medals or trophies or things of that nature. It's a, be it's a better, better wealth than anything. He says the power of will alone cannot bring one to the goal. Only the one who brought you here can take you to there. And who is the one that brought us here? It is the divine consciousness within us. You can call it God if you want. You can call it the one consciousness if you want. You can call it Brahma, Satchitananda Bliss, Krishna, Nirvana, call it whatever you want. But it is the great one consciousness, the great one celestial source consciousness, 
foundation of all consciousness, the all-in-one and one-in-all consciousness that brought us here to wherever we are right now. I've said many times we have to start from where we are. But where are we? <laughs> if we're just starting and we say I'm a seeker, if we don't know what a seeker is, admit it. And I've been there. I'm a confused seeker. <laughs> I was a confused seeker for a long time. It's okay to be a confused seeker. It's even better to know that you're a confused seeker. It's even better yet to feel, to have a hunger for something that is beyond the state of being a confused seeker. Better yet still. To be the center of that awareness within the state of the confused seeker. Better yet still to look at the source of the awareness deep within the state of the confused seeker. We can reach the final goal, source celestial awareness in days or weeks or months, years perhaps, on an inward journey within which we do nothing but look for the source of our own awareness. and a path within which we allow that awareness to be everything that it has always been, and not everything that we simply want it to be. This is why some very, very old souls, Captain G is a good example, Ramana perhaps, this is why some very, very old souls will sit down to meditate in middle ages or as a teenager or in their old age and immediately skip every other stage except Satchitananda bliss or Nirvana, whatever you want to call the source awareness. The very first meditation, they'll go deep within very, very deep within. When we start to read the chronicles and experiences of people having near-death experiences, well, a lot of them go through a tunnel. Great many, high percentage, go through a tunnel. We go through a tunnel when we die. It's the third eye, you see. And after that, they think they see heaven, they think they're in heaven. And there's good reason for it. They feel a bliss beyond bliss they've ever felt. They feel love beyond any other love they've ever felt. They feel a harmony, an equipoise, a bliss far beyond anything they've ever felt before. And these are beautiful 
experiences. Experiences to be treasured as they, as they are by most people that have had an NDE. Other NDE souls end up in fields of consciousness. I center fields and some of them from reading their descriptions, much deeper levels. Some of them end up in the field of grace. There's first the I center consciousness and one field of joy, second field of joy, and then the field of grace. It's a funny fact, but 95% of most teachers of meditation and enlightenment have never even reached the eye center. And yet, think about this for a second. Even though that's true, millions of people are having NDEs as we speak, and a percentage of them are having experiences in the field of grace or higher. Tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people are praying and doing different types of yogic practices, sometimes set five, six, seven hours a day for decades. And they wake up at the end of their life and they haven't even had a second of, a, of experience in a bubble of awareness. And yet, and yet, and yet, because the veils are getting so thin. Think about it for a second. Tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions. 25% of all people in America by several surveys have had near-death experiences. How many people on earth? What if it's 10% of the 7 billion people on earth have had near-death experiences in the past 20 years. What is that, 700 million people on Earth? The veils are getting very, very, very thin, my friends. It's a golden age that's coming. And it's thinning the veils, you see. A light, it's a brilliance, it's a one consciousness that is so brilliant, so magnetic, that it's pulling in millions and millions and millions of souls. It's pulling millions of souls into experiences, short albeit, but it's pulling millions and millions of souls into timeless, mind bodyless non-cognitive bubbles of pristine, clear awareness, every day on earth. The veils have not been this thin. For many, many thousands of they were this thin around 6,000 BC, different parts of the world. 
they were this thin around 12,000 years ago. They were this thin during the times of Atlantis and Lemuria and the great Tamo civilization, spiritual civilization. The veils are only this thin when a golden age is about to appear. It's right in front of us. For some of us, and some of us, and some of us, and many of us, I should say, have already started to experience these magnificent bubbles of awareness. For those of us who've already experienced these bubbles of awareness, we can also state that we are beginning to experience our own golden age. So you sit down for meditation the next time you sit for meditation. Realize the veils are very thin right now. Many of the great Indian civilizations call this the time between time, or the time beyond time. It is thus the time between yugas. It is thus the golden age that arises after every iron age and before the next golden age of civilizations. We are entering time beyond the normal yugas, a time in between the start and the fall of the great yugas. We are within the time of an emerging golden age. Remember this next time you sit for meditation. Realize and in another second or two, you could be experiencing the golden age within you. Namaste.